Hey, 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 and welcome to another episode of the Virtualicious podcast. And today we are getting ready for Stir Up Sunday, which is the day that we traditionally make our Christmas cakes. Now, this is a very old tradition. And so it was only fitting that I brought along a special guest by the name of Paul Couchman who specializes in traditional recipes and he does online um, courses where he shows people how to make these traditional recipes and he he has so much knowledge I've been on one of his courses before and he really knows his stuff he's got um he could talk for days on the history of cooking and um I'm really excited because I I've had a little bit of a preamble with him already and the stuff that he's just told me is just so interesting. So we're going to talk a little bit about the history of the Christmas cake and we're going to compare our recipes. So we're having a cake off and um, Paul's made his own Christmas cake using the traditional recipe and I've made mine using my 10 minute prep time cake kit and we've sent each other our cakes and we, <laughs> we're going to sort of opine on them in this podcast, which I am nervous about, uh, I'll be honest. And um, and yeah, we're just gonna have a general chit chat about Christmas cakes and puddings as well. So uh, let's introduce Paul. Welcome, Paul. Hello, it's lovely to be here. It's really nice to have this conversation today. Could you please give us a little bit of background about the Christmas cake? Okay, so... Fruit cakes go back a long time and you have to think, if you think of something like gingerbread that was made back in the medieval period for rich people to celebrate, um, you know, special occasions. Um, And so that whole tradition of using something um, fruity or spicy um, to celebrate carries on right through into the 18th century when they actually start making fruit cakes. And the original uh, Christmas cake is actually eaten on 12th night. It's a bit further, it's a bit behind Christmas, about the 5th of, um, of January. But that actually moves forward in the 19th century when Christmas changes. And so Christmas centres more on Christmas Day and Christmas Eve, like we know it now. Right. So before, that, before that, you've got all these, you know, um, a great long, uh, lots of feast days. But they start sort of concentrating down as people are working and they, they you know, they've got less time to off. <laughs> they have less uh, Christmas days and so you get this sort of concentrated Christmas that we know now and of course the Christmas cake then moves as well and you get the Christmas cake being eaten more traditionally on Christmas you know Christmas Eve Christmas Day but I mean you know I've, I've made mine so I'm <laughs> nibbling on mine right through you know from November onwards because what's great about the cake that I make anyway is that you can you can cut little bits off and then put it away and then <laughs> take another bit out um, as well and they, they carry on eating it right through same with mine mine I've got it in this um biscuit tin to keep it moist <laughs> and I'm regularly opening it and taking a little bit out to eat with custard um, mm. so so you're saying that Christmas um used to the Christmas cake sorry used to be eaten on the 12th day of Christmas on the 5th of January and so we used to have celebrations throughout the 12 days did we yes yeah, exactly. They sort of split it up so that you, you'd celebrate right through right that whole period and have little bits of uh, treats and stuff. And so Christmas Day itself wasn't so much of a, a great big thing that we have it now. And you see um, that because I, I used to live in Amsterdam and they, ha- they specialise what they do there 
in Holland, they have their Christmas on the 5th of December. And the 25th is just, you know, another day, really. They don't really bother with that. Really? On the 5th, yeah, on the 5th of December, they make poems and they, um, make po they write poems to each other and they give out little gifts then. So that's when their Christmas is. It's quite that's nice, so isn't it? interesting. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's not, yeah, yeah, carry on. Jesus wasn't even born on Christmas Day. Oh. It's all a bit made up anyway. It's absolutely made up, yeah. I mean, originally, um, Christmas Day is actually sort of a pagan feast. Mm that was sort of taken over by the Christians. How interesting. So there's a Christmas cake, but also we have a Christmas pudding and they're quite different. Even though I often think of them as very similar, they are actually quite different. And their origins are quite different, aren't they? The origins are different. And we, we just before the call, we actually looked at some recipes. Yeah. And basically what, what the difference between cake and pudding is that cake has a lot more flour in it. And pudding has more suet in it but the ingredients are quite similar but pudding now pudding goes right back because the first puddings were actually sausages so if you go back to the roman period um blood pudding if you think of blood pudding oh that's yeah the, that's one of the original um puddings and so that is the idea that you've got intestines or bits of animals sometimes stomachs that are filled with meat and um cereal and yeah. then bound up and then cooked in a, in water in a pot so that's the idea of a pudding and that carries on um, right through to the 18th century, when, or sorry, the 17th, when some bright person decides to use a piece of cloth and to put the pudding into that. And then you don't need the intestines anymore. And that also means they can stop making sweet puddings. You can stop putting sugar and, um, and raisins and things like that into puddings. And that's not, when you get the first plum puddings. So would you not be able to put the sugar into the intestines? Yeah, they, which they did as well. Right. They did as well. Because a lot of the um, original puddings, you know, the um, if you think of something like, um, what's a good example? Sugar was included with meat. That whole distinction between sweet um, and savoury that we make is actually mm -hmm. quite a recent one. And if you think back to a lot of um, cooking right through the world, actually, they combine sugar and uh, sweet things and savoury things together. Yeah, in fact. So we, we used to have that. We eat, um, growing up, when, whenever we had a, a family get-together, I'm Indian, and we would have our sweets alongside our meal. It's all on the same sort of, it's all served at the same time, and you'd take a little bit and put a little bit of the sweet on your plate at the same time. And so and the we, same, yeah. We didn't have such a strong distinction, and I think it's only in the last, oh, I don't know, 15, 20 years maybe, and people started to try and, I suppose, kind of do things the way that they're done in this country, I noticed that we started having the, the dessert later on. Definitely as a family, our dessert was served at the same time. So um, in the 19th century, they actually used to serve the second course was savoury and sweet things all at the, on the table at the same time. So, yeah, desserts came along in the in the 19th century. So around about 1830s onwards, you start making that distinction between a sweet course and a savoury course. I love this. Mm. I really love this. And so you were saying that Christmas pudding is the same as plum pudding. They're the same. Yeah, sort yeah of exactly. Yeah. And originally plum pudding was um, was made at harvest time, which was That's right. October time yes yeah, september october it's a it's the time when everyone has to come together to work 
you know, because the harvest has got to come in before the autumn comes in. And so people have to sustain themselves through this long period of work. And they and so they fed themselves on on really uh, yeah really um, energy rich puddings. Oh, nice, isn't it? You've just reminded me. Um, I just want to let the listeners know that you have a Christmas pudding workshop coming up, and I'm going to put a link in the show notes so that they can find it. But I know it's almost sold out, so they need to be quick. But if they miss that, you've also got a mince pie um, recipe coming up and this is I'm going to ask you something now that is off-piste it's not something that I've primed you for um, but do you know where mince pies come from then? Um, it's a similar idea again mince it's what I love about mince meat I don't know if you know this but mince meat mince pies used to actually contain meat that's why it's yeah. called mince meat yeah and they were like they were again we talked about it didn't we in the mix of savour and sweet and it's actually quite nice um, I've actually tried them <laughs> it's not very much meat now um that you put in and all the sugar and everything hides the taste of the meat so it doesn't really taste meaty as such it just has this extra deep taste to it so it's lovely actually but you yeah but um yeah i mean it, it goes right back to that medieval period again that you used to eat um well, what somebody told me about medieval food is it's a lot the thing to compare it to is indian food so it was really you know all that mashed up food um, and that mix between sweet and savory and they also use lots of colors as well so they would dye food to make it very beautiful so medieval food is more similar to indian food than uh, than our food now is really yeah really yeah i think that's another podcast definitely. <laughs> fascinating yeah <laughs> i love that okay so um what struck me when you was explaining all of that is that the christmas pudding christmas cake I often think of them as interchangeable, very similar, but Christmas pudding was made in autumn and it's kind of moved forward into Christmas yeah. time and Christmas cake was after the new year and that's kind of gone back in the calendar to Christmas and they've kind of converged on Christmas day and I suppose different families decide which one they like best or they have both. Yeah, I mean Christmas cake's fallen a bit out of favour, hasn't it? And Christmas pudding actually, but I think... It... I think especially this year, we should always just uh, take any tradition that we can and bring it back. You are so right about them falling out of favour, or, or at least that's what I thought anyway, because I, I asked some, well, I mentioned that I was making my Christmas cake um, the other, when I made it. I mean, you watched me make it on my Facebook um, live video. And um, I mentioned to someone who's quite young in their 20s that I, I'm making this Christmas cake. And they went, oh, what's Christmas cake? I've never had it. <laughs> I was like, you must know what Christmas cake is. If you haven't had it, please try it because it is a tradition and it's lovely. So we have um, both made our Christmas cakes and we've sent them to each other to taste. Um, and before we get into how they differ in terms of taste and texture, let's talk about where each of our recipes came from because they very much reflect what each of us you know where each of our passions lie so do you want to go first where did you get your christmas yeah yeah so it's quite lovely this one so the original recipe it comes from is is called is from somebody called charles aim frank francatelli sorry my, my pronunciation francatelli who was actually um at one point a cook to queen victoria 
so the recipe comes from his book called the modern cook and it's from 1846 it's been updated or yeah updated really by um a food historian annie gray and it and it's it's in a book called how to cook the victorian way um which is full of just wonderful recipes um and i made it i made um lots of little ones and i sent you one in the post didn't i yeah, yeah. it was love it's all lovely and wrapped up in such a lovely way it was a joy to receive um i what would be great is actually if you could um send me the details and we'll put that the, the details of the book in the show notes mm, sure. so that people can look that up if they want to now my recipe is um I've kind of made it up, but it's based on um, a recipe from my childhood. And it's not totally English, actually. Actually, So we, when I was growing up, I grew up in Edmonton, which um, was a really diverse area. And um, I had some, my neighbours were from the West Indies, from Grenada. And we were very close and we went round uh, to Anne, it was Anne and Joe, Auntie Anne and Uncle Joe. So we went around to their place just next door um, one time when they were making their cake. And because it's her Christmas cake is the only Christmas cake I liked growing up. So I'm not a massive fan of Christmas cake, but hers was just delicious. And it's because the West Indian Christmas cake is just that bit more moist and boozy than the traditional Christmas cake. And I just loved it. And I remember we went around there and she gave us the recipe and um, we, I, I think we've actually lost the recipe over the years. I mean, this was back when I was a child, but I remembered what it tasted like, you know, I, I, from memory. Uh, and then I kind of managed to find a recipe for West Indian cake and I kind of played around with it and ended up with my recipe now. So it's interesting that, you know, how recipes change and we start off with a recipe that has come from somebody, but then we, we change it based on our memory, but we also change it according to our tastes and what we like. So that's what I've got here. And this is my Christmas cake kit, which um, I'm gonna link in the show notes. And there's a wait list because I haven't released it yet, but it's gonna come out very soon. So if you're interested in getting that, then um, click the link and get on the wait list and I'll let you know when it's ready. But this is a 10 minute prep time. Um, kit so basically it takes 10 minutes because I've weighed everything out um takes 10 minutes to prep to prep and in it goes um and that's a good time to, to discuss how our cakes differ and why they taste because they taste quite different and how the prep has changed the way that they taste I go so I go through my method then yeah why not yeah I mean it, because uh, I, I we talked about it just before this, but basically, um, it, it takes a long time to get all the ingredients together. There's um, there's a lot of things in my 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 cakes. So, um, there's currants and candy peel and almonds and oranges, and you to get it all together. I mean, the, the method itself is quite easy because you just cream sugar and butter together, and then you add all these things to it. What differs in my cake is the amount of time. So it goes in a very cool oven. Actually, it's only at 120 degrees. Um, centigrade which is quite cool and it cooks for about um but it's between i took it about six hours actually so it's a long <laughs> slow process and what you're getting then is a sort of caramelization going on through all the different fruits and stuff combining together very slowly so it gives it a sort of deep taste from that my cake itself actually isn't one of the really dark um you know those really dark uh 
cupcakes. Mm -hmm. I think I made some at school, you know, that usually have um, black cheek on things like that. Yeah. And this isn't, so it's a lot more, um, well, you saw it, didn't you? It's a lot more like a, a, a fruit cake rather than a dark cake. Because I don't really like those old fashioned, really dark black <laughs> Christmas cakes. So neither of us like traditional Christmas cakes. I haven't only seen well, it, I've tasted it and it's lovely. Yeah, I mean, this is traditional, but um, I think that black sort of one comes later and I really, you know, I don't get on with that. <laughs> no, so that's a, a variation. So it's changed. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Okay. So there's also a difference in the way that we, um, in, in the blend of ingredients, I'd say that yours is more cakey. You've got more um, flour and you've also got ground almonds in there. And so I can really see sort of the, the flowery part of the cake. Whereas mine, I would describe more as a Christmas brownie. Yeah, it's squidgy, isn't it? Which I love, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's much more squidgy. So, so yeah, it depends what you like. If you like a traditional Christmas cake or whether you want something that's a bit, I suppose this is more kind of, it would it be more modern, wouldn't it? Because it's got that brownie texture. Um, so mine is, we've done it in a different way because I did things, I suppose, to speed it up. Um, so you could have, I could have done it really quickly by buying mincemeat, but I've kind of made my own mincemeat. So in my kit, I supply the mixed fruit, the dried mixed fruit. And what I do is I um, add the booze and then I kind of heat it up, not, not to boil, because you don't want to boil away the booze, but you, or the alcohol, but you just let it simmer. So it softens the fruit. And then I whizzed it up. And I suppose, whilst I did that in a food processor, you've kind of let the, the fruits kind of develop by cooking it for a long time in the oven. Yeah, that's what's so clever about your recipe, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, and then I did the creaming of the, the sugar and the butter as well, and then in go the ingredients. Um, I noticed in your method it says, which we'll put a link to the recipe so that um, people can see your method as well as my kit. And um, in, in your method, you you talk about after creaming the sugar and the um, butter together adding the ingredients a little bit at a time and so i suppose it's more kind of like let's take time and um you're, it's kind of more of a i suppose a process of enjoying cooking isn't it and really getting into it um whereas mine is more kind of i i do say take your time because you don't want it to curdle but I'm kind of sort of saying put it put it in a bit quicker, I suppose, and just get on with it. And I think there's a place for both of them. And arguably, Christmas time is a time where you you should take your time. It's start up Sunday, and uh, and the joy is in making a lovely Christmas cake. But at the same time, if you don't have much time, there are you know I've got the kit, and that's a ten minute job. So it's, it's how you want to do it, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah. So then I just added all my ingredients. Oh, and I've got chocolate. I've got chocolate in mine. Of course, yes. That's such a difference, isn't it? Yeah, that's <laughs> delicious. <laughs> well, I like chocolate and I just couldn't not put chocolate in. So, I, yeah, that's totally my own little take on it. And I put that in my Christmas cake kit as well. So, yeah, if you don't like chocolate, then um, you might want to remove the bits. Can I just say, though, that it's not, um, you didn't put much chocolate in, so it's very subtle. So you know it's in there, but it's 
it's not like this is a chocolate cake. It's very, very subtle. I like the, I like the, um, the cave take, not to put too much in. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's kind of every now and then it's like, oh yeah, there's a bit of chocolate. Mm. And also I suppose the difference, maybe, I think mine has a bit more spiciness. Yeah, it. possibly. Mine's quite low. It's only, um, there's a few teaspoons of, you know, I've got cinnamon, ginger, mace and allspice in mine. Yeah. So I've but got quite small quantities for a large cake. Yeah. Yeah. I think mine might be a little bit more strong, but then mine is a West Indian, based on a West Indian recipe. So it's got, the, it reflects that. Um, and also the booze that I used, I used, um, whiskey in the end, because that's mm. what I had. So in my recipe, it calls for brandy and port, but I, didn't have that to hand so I just used what I had which I think is fair enough yeah absolutely so yeah so they've come out quite differently um yours is more cakey mine is more brownie like um I like mine I like mine plain and I might get a bit of gold dust you know you can get gold dust mm. from cake decorators and I just kind of sometimes brush it over just to give it a little sparkle and then I like it heated up with custard mm. that's how I eat <laughs> yes delicious and what what isn't nice heated up with custard well <laughs> I suppose there are a few things but uh, most sweet things are lovely heated up with custard aren't they <laughs> uh, love actually um I used to I worked at the Bank of England um on a secondment for six months and when I was leaving <laughs> one of my leaving gifts one of the joke leaving gifts was a pot of custard <laughs> because I like custard so much <laughs> and they had this really good canteen and I'd say you know if they had apple crumble or something like that I'd be like, oh my god we've got to go to the canteen for lunch and have some custard <laughs> and it was mostly custard I had such an enormous amount of custard with my dessert anyway how do you have your cake? Um, so um, once you've actually baked the cake, there's a whole more process. You know, we were talking about things being fast, but this is a really slow version. So you've got to let the cake cool down for about six, about half a day, actually. And then you can decorate it with marzipan. So you put a layer of um, uh, apricot jam on, and then you, put, you roll up the marzipan and put that on. Then you've got to wait another day, and then you put the icing on top of that as well. So it's a royal icing, which is... Um, you put glycerin well i put um egg whites in it egg whites and a bit of lemon juice to make it stiff so you've got oh. that crunchy um, icing as well that old-fashioned type of icing and that goes all over the top and then you let it dry for another day um and usually i put it away for a week before i eat it if i can resist it so it's a, <laughs> a long process but it's in the cupboard we've actually hidden it away because um both me and my partner just like eating it all the time now so we've had to put it away and um, not eat it for a few um a few weeks i think now <laughs> And that's a good point, actually, because this cake can last mm. as long as you keep it covered. And what I often do is um, I kind of poke some holes in and then I add a little bit of booze every now and then. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Because that's what Auntie Anne did. Yeah. <laughs> so I do the same thing. Um, look, it's been really nice, Paul, talking to you about Christmas cakes. And it's been lovely getting the history. I mean, I've. I feel like I've learned a lot and I also I feel like eating it this year is going to be different because it's gonna you know I'm going to eat it knowing where it came from and knowing how it's evolved over the time so that's been great thank you very much for oh, it's been wonderful
thank you very much for inviting me. <laughs> so that was the wonderful Paul Couchman. And I have to say, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed talking to Paul. I learned so much. And it was nice taking a trip down memory lane, remembering the Christmas cake that I make and how it came to be. Because it is a very unique Christmas cake. So if you've enjoyed that, then go to the show notes and you know you can find the recipe that Paul gave. You can find the link to the waitlist for my Christmas cake, which will be released soon. Um, but if you get on the waitlist, then I can let you know when that's released. And also I know how many to make. And um, also don't forget that I've got my meal planner journal that is going to be released soon as well. I'm very excited about that. So I'll put the link to that in the show notes as well. It's been wonderful to talk about the Christmas cake with Paul. Hope you enjoyed it. Take care. Happy eating. Bye.